Today is a bit of a peculiar day, a day that many don't recognize and a day that even I myself every year have to look up and try and remember what the word Monday even means. It's a very important day in describing this week to one of my friends, telling them that this is these next few days are, are my favorite days of the year. Because without Easter, nothing really matters. But you really cannot have Sunday without Friday. And what comes before Friday must be Thursday. And so today is a special day, but an odd one. Uh, Walking into the coffee shop this morning, I was dressed up a little nicer for the day. And I got three or four comments about the way I looked. And it didn't even end there. It was the early service as well. People started mentioning, you're wearing a tie, and you're wearing a sports jacket. It really made me wonder, what is it that I normally wear? And then I saw Marcus come in with a hoodie, and I thought, oh, there it is. That's what we normally wear. But it's a special day to the Christians. Because today is the day that the Lord put forward to us many different things. Obviously, top of the list is the very supper which we are gathered here to eat, the supper of the Lord. But He also gave us the gifts of seeing the Savior of the world, the One who it says that all things were created through Him to get on His knees and to clean and wash His own followers' feet. And then to dare to tell them to go and to do likewise. We hear him say in the garden, Can you not wait with me but an hour and pray? How can he ask us such questions as these? How can he give us such commandments like that? Not to mention that there as well as he's getting arrested, he makes one of the most impactful statements that it has gone out into the rest of culture where he says, the person who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Right as he's getting arrested, where the possibility of his escape is probable if he just drew the swords, but instead tells him to sheath his sword. Turning the world upside down, because everybody knows a king comes to power and the way to come to power is always by the sword. But not on Monday, Thursday. Not on a night like tonight. We're gathered here because the history of our story and the commands of our Lord have brought us together tonight to celebrate a supper. Very much like the reasons that Jesus Himself was gathering with His disciples in the upper room. To take part in a supper that was commanded by God to do in remembrance of the salvation that came to Israel as death was visiting Egypt. Because there they felt that they could remember, they could experience their God, they could taste and see salvation in that supper. 
There's many ways people in the world try to experience God. There's many ways in the world that people try to go out and seek and find God and try to connect to something larger. They do it in various actions. They do it in finding refuge in politics, as we can see in our own country right about now. Maybe it's in a little less uh, ways that should be talked about in church. Seeking it and the gods of sex, the gods of money, gods of lust. Even Christians fall into the temptation of trying to find new ways to experience their God, but maybe if we just sing loud enough and have our favorite songs going, we can get the Spirit really moving in this place. But to fall into that kind of thinking is to forget about the ways God has come to us, is to actually forget about Monday, Thursday, to forget about the Supper, Because it's here in the supper that we come into the presence of Christ. That He is in with and under the bread and wine. And in faith as we take it, our faith is bolstered. Our forgiveness is heard. And we are connected. We are connected to the past. We're connected to our future. And we remember the very message that is meant for right now in our lives. You see, if we were to look deeply at even the text that we have before us, we would see that that time is certainly an element in this story because the disciples were gathering with Jesus to have this meal, as I mentioned, because it is something that connected them to the story of Israel. That it was in their Passover feast that they would remember the promise that came to Israel as they were looking to leave Egypt. And they were commanded to by God. So whenever Israel would begin to forget that they were the chosen ones, the ones that had been set apart, the ones who were saved from that angel of death, they had a meal to remember it. Whenever Israel needed to remember the promise that was given to their father Abraham, that their numbers would number the same amount as the stars, all they had to do was to walk outside, look up at the sky, and count. And they would remember. Whenever they needed to remember that their God was a God who had promised to protect them, that He would not bring about such destruction as He had in the past, all they had to do was look out their window on a rainy and a sunny day and see what still people love to look at, a rainbow. I am 32 years old, and I get excited about rainbows still. And now being a father, the chance of teaching my daughter about a rainbow excites me even more. Whenever they were forgetful, whenever they needed to remember their story, whenever they needed to remember even who they were, God had given them these gifts, these signs of the covenant. And here today, 
we remember. We hear the words. We see the sign of the new covenant being established. The covenant of the cross. The covenant given by the blood spilt of Christ and His body broken and handed over for us. Connecting us to the past. Connecting us to those same signs of Israel. To the signs of Jesus. If you think about it, you realize from that Thursday, the Thursday that we're here remembering today, there has not been a day that has gone by that the church has not looked for and anticipated taking this supper. That means for nearly 2,000 years, this supper has been celebrated. In times of success, in times of extreme poverty, in times of famine and plentiful, in war and in peace, on fields of battle, standing next to graves of loved ones. And for nearly 2,000 Monday Thursdays, at this altar for eight years, at three altars before this, and at countless altars that came before them. We celebrate the same supper, taking of the same cup, eating of the same loaf, and hearing the same message. My body for you. My blood spilt for you. But it's not just in the past And it's just not connecting us to the past. That even as Jesus and Matthew, as it says, and I'm sorry, in our reading today in Luke, get it right, Brad. Jesus, as he's instituting the supper, he says, I will not drink of this fruit of vine until my kingdom comes. As we take this supper, we are also having our hearts, our eyes, our head lifted up and looking towards what is in store for us. Because he is talking about that day. The day that all of us anticipate. The day in which Revelations talks about the day when the tears will stop and death will be no more and peace will be a reality on this earth. Creation will come back to its fullest. His glory will be proclaimed not just in our lives, but everywhere. He is talking about that day when He will drink the cup with us and eat with us. The pains and the sorrows of this world will be at an end. And as our joy now grows, our joy then will be at its fullest. It's coming. That's the message of the supper for our future. That the day is coming when we will celebrate it with Him. When we will taste it in its fullest. When its message 
will be brought to completion for us. It's coming. It's coming for us. And so in this supper, our hearts and our heads are lifted up. Not as a way to escape from where we are now, but to actually give us the power and the confidence to live life now. Because we know what is in store for us. We know that there is a day when this supper will be had with our Lord. It's coming. It's coming. But something had to happen before the message of that day coming. Friday. Friday had to happen. The body actually had to be given over. His blood had to be spilt. And this is where the supper speaks very clearly into our lives right now. Because in His body broken and in His blood spilt, we have the forgiveness of sins. We have the message that we are people who have been redeemed by a God who has died for us. That all of us coming with the weight of our guilt and the weight of our sin come up into this altar and there we kneel and we just place it there in front of us. And as we place it down, what do we actually pick up? We pick up bread and we pick up wine and we eat and we drink and we walk away free. Having heard the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, do away with that past. Do away with that guilt. Do away with that sin. And reminding us that every day we wake up in the Lord is a new day. Is a forgiven day. speaks to our hearts now. Forgiving us now. Reminding us now. So that when we forget, forget that we are people who have been called loved. And we are people who have been brought to life. We have the bread and we have the wine to remind us. So that when we do look into our past now, we don't see the faults and the failures that many would try to use to define us. We see the covenant. We see the 2,000 years of eating and drinking at this altar. We see all the people of the faith who have gathered with us to eat and to drink. We rejoice in the past that we now have. When we look to our future, we do not just look at seeing that someday I'm going to grow old, although it seems so far away for me. When I look to my future, I see the day. I see the day when I'm going to have that supper with my Lord. And when I look at my life right now, 
I see a life that has been forgiven. A life that has been defined by his love. A life that has been given true life. Our Lord says, this is my body for you. This is my blood for you. Amen?